internet and welcome to Two Guys and SharePoint. The only SharePoint show in SA where everything is not made up and there are no points. Excited to be back with you, Al. Yeah, man. It's, it's uh, episode four, I think. Yes, it is. Going very well. Chirping along. We're making progress. Yep. Yes. Very excited about episode four. Lots to talk about. And we've got a new segment this week. Yes. On the first Tuesday of every month, we'll be having our industry insider, the real Francois Pinard, step in and talk to us about the direction that he sees the industry go in South Africa pertaining to Microsoft Technologies, uh, Office 365, specifically SharePoint Online and uh, on-prem stuff for SharePoint. Yes, before we have our guest on this week, we're going to go through some news. So how's the SharePoint world been for you the last week? It's been interesting, man. I must say, actually, to any of our listeners, everybody knows now that SQL 2016 has been released officially and you can get the official bits and licenses and all of that. What I ran into this week is if you had any systems running on the preview of SQL 2016 and your license hasn't run out yet, I suggest you go update those now before they do because I had massive fun and games running around after the fact oh wow so i know with the in the old days when they did sharepoint 2010 they had beta 2 and you couldn't upgrade to rtm and you couldn't change product keys are you seeing that happen now it wasn't as easy as just running the installer again it was a whole process and a whole troubleshooting thing it i probably made it more difficult on myself than i had to I didn't originally know what the issue was, the error messages in SharePoint, because this was for reporting services, right? So the reporting services was running SQL 2016, and all of a sudden one day now they're getting error messages, reporting services isn't working. SharePoint's like, no, I'm fine. All the services are running and it's whatever. But tracked it down and that was the cause and eventually managed to, to get it installed with the correct the correct licensing. Uh, SQL uh, Server 2016 is available on MSDN. Windows Server 2016 and System Center 2016 has not been uploaded to uh, the MSDN pack, although the general availability was announced at Microsoft Ignite on Monday for those products. So we are still waiting eagerly for the uh, Windows images to be available through MSDN. Yeah. And your week, Al? It's been good. I've been following. Have you been following what's happening at Ignite? Oh, there's so much Lots stuff. of new stuff coming. I can barely keep up yeah. with everything. So Yammer has been brought back as a first-class citizen in Microsoft eyes. That's what they've announced. Although they've dropped the standalone plan, will be retiring. So before Microsoft bought Yammer, Yammer was a separate product that ran on its own, and it was not integrated into the then uh, business productivity online suite. Now that they have integrated it into SharePoint, on-prem and online, you are no longer going to be able to buy a standalone version of it as of Jan 2017. So you'll only be able to get Yammer through an Office 365 subscription, the E1, E3, and E5 plans. Do you know if existing users are going to get grandfathered into some sort of plan there? They will be, although Microsoft seems to think that they don't have many standalone plans uh, there's a there's an article uh, on the support microsoft.com site regarding okay this this and the other and um, there is support for it until 2019 but you're not going to be able to buy a standalone plan anymore for yammer 
So yeah. they'll still support it until 2019, but you can't go out and say, well, I just want a Yammer Enterprise plan. You have to buy, yeah, you have to buy Office 365 and then you get Yammer with it. Yeah, I assume the amount of people running straight Yammer is pretty small in at Microsoft's uh, level of counting at their scale. Yeah, and I'm sure they would have moved everyone across as they Office 365 started picking up. It's like being able to buy just SharePoint online. You can literally just go buy SharePoint. You don't have to take Office with it. You don't have to take Exchange, just SharePoint on its own. And I'm under the impression that eventually it will probably move into, well, you cannot load. You can no longer buy it on its own and you have to buy it with at least an, an E1 because it works out something ridiculous. Like I think it's $5, $5 a user or uh, 1,700 Rand a year for a user for SharePoint Online just on, on its own. Yeah, it's not much. Well, Microsoft is still running Ignite. Today is the last day. So it should finish. Actually, scr- we're recording this on Thursday, by the way, the week before you hear it. Yeah, so <laughs> it's kind of difficult. So Microsoft Ignite finishes today. Um, and that That's Thursday, not when you actually listen to it on the following Tuesday. A couple of things that, that's, that's interested me and it's going to interest the environments that we work in, specifically around SharePoint 2016, is the new feature packs. And when Jeff Tepper on the 4th of May, May the 4th be with you, did the future of SharePoint, they started talking about a feature pack update for SharePoint on-prem so that it marries up with the features that get released sporadically onto the SharePoint online platform with Office 365. So we're very excited about this. There's quite a few announcements. I think the big thing that everyone's been talking about is the new OneDrive for business. Not only user experience, but the Groove.exe is gone. They've got a new sync client that will pretty much actually work this time. So they uh, say. You'll be able to sync. Yeah, so they say. <laughs> well, look, I know Hans uh, Bender, who's the... You could call him the OneDrive MVP, and, and he seems quite interested in what it actually does and how the new client's going to work. So it's a completely new business experience. It is uh, seamlessly integrated into various libraries. Uh, it also changes the way you actually sync items. You can now work in between OneDrive for business and what's in the cloud, and it looks similar, and it just makes it a lot easier to work in real time across your favorite devices. So I'm very excited about seeing that. Microsoft has gone as far as actually not only including that in the feature pack, but as a separate experience. So you don't need it as part of the feature pack. You can actually download the OneDrive for Business Client on its own. I mean, there's some other enhancements as well. So there's a new mineral, and they've done some mineral enhancements around SharePoint 2016. So you can actually look at the spirited crash and application for search for front end and it's actually been able they give you better functionality now so they've added two roles two min role one called front end with distributed cache and, uh, and the search application that you can spin off as well which is actually quite neat so there's dedicated min role roles um, for lack of a better word there's the new app launcher custom tiles um, there's always been the custom tiles around. You can add it, your own tile. In this case, it's much easier to do, so you can uh, include apps as well. Um, the apps that sit inside of Office 365, it's not just limited to, to the SharePoint apps. So now you can have native SharePoint and Office 365, and you can add your own custom tiles out of the box, whereas before it had to be a script that you run so that you can actually add additional tiles. So they made it much easier now to build out your, your tiled navigation from a SharePoint. What they've also done is they've improved the hybrid capabilities around auditing when you audit 
what's on-prem and what's in Office 365. You can do more around the security and compliance center, which is quite neat. They've also unified the taxonomy so that you can have a taxonomy across both on-prem and Office 365, which is going to be interesting. And more of that information can actually be found on blogs.office.com. You can also have a look at what they're mentioning in the SharePoint roadmap as well. Last but not least, there's the update to the Office UI fabric as well. Um, they've released a new version. If you go to dev.office.com forward fabric, you can pick up all the cool stuff that you can actually do with not only Office, but also when developing applications for SharePoint. So it's got the full fabric JS, it's got React in there, it's got a lot of Angular components, and you can actually click and have a look at what sort of experiences you can build within the SharePoint framework using the um, UI fabric from uh, the dev guys on the Office side, which is actually quite cool. And I think a lot of people are going to start working with that. There's also an inline JavaScript editor yeah, um, in that. Office. That looks yeah, very cool. yeah I, think, I think it's what we understand is the code snippet web part for on-prem stuff, and you can drop a bit of REST and jQuery and all of those things. I think this one's taking it a little bit further for customizations in the cloud because most of the developers were complaining, well, we used to, why do we have to build an app nowadays when we want limited functionality? We don't want to necessarily build an app. The code snippet web part, the app web parts are not working as well as we were hoping them to work. How can we better provide decent experiences? So everyone threw their toys when Microsoft decided to change the document library experience and the list experience. And now they've actually provided decent um, APIs into that through the uh, UI fabric so that you can actually start building decent applications and robust applications using stuff like Angular and React. A lot of these things are built on top of React and Angular, so it's very easy for someone with Java skills to cross-pollinate into building stuff without having to open up Visual Studio. Yeah, it's very cool. Do you know if those new document library experiences are going to be in the feature pack for on-prem? There's no mention of it. There is no mention of it. Yeah, there's no mention of any front-end updates to SharePoint on-prem. And remember, this is only for SharePoint Server. Yeah, this is only for SharePoint 2016. Eh? There's some administrative stuff that you can now run in Central Admin and with PowerShell, but it's only 2016. They're not going to retrofit 2013 with the enhancement for 2016. No, I wouldn't expect them to. So yeah, that's uh, there's also you can grab the Microsoft Ignite the on-demand videos. So if you go to myignite.microsoft.com forward slash videos, you can pick up the on-demand videos that um, everyone's put there. Or just click on um, ignite.microsoft.com and click on the top section that says um, on-demand or show videos, and it will actually redirect to myignite.microsoft.com forward slash videos. Sweet. And then from going from one conference to another we're getting very close to sharepoint saturday joburg yes i was actually looking at today and we were working out just looking at the travel path for the international guys that are coming out so we've got i think it's nine or ten in cape town coming out and everyone starts arriving in drips and drabs from around the fourth so vlad your your favorite infrastructure mvp will be out for johannesburg cape town and durban so he'll be uh, on the 8th. He's actually flying in on the 4th. Well, he doesn't really fly in. He flies into Joburg and then he flies out to Kruger for a couple of days. He's doing some safari and he'll be back on the Friday. Sandy Yusha is also getting here on the 4th. And then the rest of the guys meet up with us in Cape Town. 
crazy registrations this year for Johannesburg. Over 450. Normally we cap the, the registrations at 400. We've never had over 400 in Johannesburg. So we're sitting at about, I think it's 457 and we're going to cap registrations at 500. So the record turnout, which is sort of following the trend that the guys that, uh, that run SQL Saturday had as well, they also had a record turnout. So I'm super excited to see the amount of people show up um, for SharePoint Saturday Joburg. As you know, uh, we didn't always run SharePoint Saturday Joburg. This is the second year now that we're actually running it as part of the SharePoint Saturday team or the SharePoint Saturday team running it and, and the numbers are staggering. It's going to be amazing prizes on the day. The sponsors are giving away prizes. So the SharePoint Saturday South African team is also going to give away prizes. I'm not going to mention too much about that. You're going to have to come along to see what you can actually win. Also on that, we will be podcasting live from Every SharePoint Saturday in the country. Very excited about that. So two guys in SharePoint will be going across the country to bring you SharePoint Saturday, not only via SoundCloud or via our normal podcast, but we will also be live streaming via Periscope.tv and YouTube to you. So if you can't make it on the day, come along, sit in front of your TV, and you'll be able to catch some of the clips. Yes, we'll be having speakers on to give us some thoughts on the conference and their talks. We'll be having the sponsors up and probably grabbing some random people from the crowd to see what they think of SharePoint Saturday. So please do join us yeah, for come, that. Come along, come knock, knock at, our, come knock at our, our sponsor booth, not our sponsor booth, our podcast studio booth door, because we will have a door, and come have a chat with us. So I, I worked out today from the 8th of October, which is when SharePoint Saturday Joburg runs, there's actually seven events happening before the twenty, um, before the end of the month. So we've got SharePoint Saturday Joburg. Then we hit Cape Town. On the 19th, we're doing an Amazon Web Services Azure Data Platform Summit at Microsoft. So the one and only Zlatan Zinich, who is the architect, he's the uh, DevOps architect for Amazon for AWS in California, He'll be out um, in Cape Town to do the Data Platform Summit. And we'll also have Jody Roberts, who is the SQL MVP, uh, involved in that as well. So I'm very excited to be part of that. My contribution would be around looking at digital disruption and how moving to the cloud actually causes all of these things. Sounds exciting. After that, we've got the, we've got the Metalogics Roadshow. So um, I'm doing the keynote for that, and we've got a bunch of MVPs presenting on the day. The Metallurgic Roadshows run throughout the world in various countries, and they've brought it to South Africa. From there, we go on to Ship and Saturday Cape Town, and then we've got the AOS road trip up the coast. George, the 24th of October at George Municipality, and in Port Elizabeth on the 26th at the, uh, close to the Nelson Mandela University. So the people up the coast will receive mails. The sponsors have sent out the mail as well. So there's a lot going on before we even get to Durban on the 29th for SharePoint Saturday Durban. Very busy, very, very busy October. It's the most exciting time of year. Last but not least, uh, 1st of October is the new MVP award cycle. Well, not new, it's for new MVPs and renewing MVPs. So the way that works is every quarter... New MVPs get awarded and old MVPs get rewarded or do not get rewarded. So that happens every quarter. It's the 1st of April, the 1st of July, and the 1st of October, and the 1st of Jan. So I'm looking forward to congratulating all the renewed and newed MVPs on Saturday, 4 p.m. usually. That's when the, the mailers go out for everyone. And then that's the annual trek to Seattle, the MVP Summit. It's the 
yearly pilgrimage where all MVPs are invited to go to Seattle and speak directly to God. <laughs> and that's it from my side of the news. I don't know if there's anything else you want to cover. Oh, you've you've done some exhaustive reporting there, Al. Nicely done. <laughs> Yeah, so it's a bumper, bumper month for us coming up in October. It's going to be super busy. Cape Town, as usual, is only waking up probably next week, and then you'll see the registrations go over 400. Durban's idling at about 150. Lots of prizes, lots of lots of swag to give away. Lots of swag, delegate swag. So just showing up, you get a cool conference bag, which we're very excited about. It's not a lame T-shirt that you're eventually going to sleep in. Yes, this is a very exciting time for technology in general, Microsoft products in specific, and then a very exciting month for these conferences. So, yes, our listeners, we'll see you at SharePoint Saturday and related events. Great stuff, Rod. So let's talk to our industry insider, the resident and the real Francois Pinner. So Francois is going to come along at the the one and only. He'll be coming along at the first of every month. And we're going to listen to the ramblings of Francois Pinner about his views on the direction of the industry in South Africa. Welcome, Frank. Can I call you Frank? Hello, man. You, you, you're absolutely welcome to. Absolutely welcome to. Thanks for the opportunity, boys. So, uh, just to kick it off, just let everyone know who you are, some background on where you come and uh, from, and what you got you into the Microsoft technology space. You start with the difficult questions. So, basically, just briefly, 2003 started as a, a classic ASP web developer, and then uh, somehow found myself on a, on a SharePoint project, and. Uh, Kind of the rest is history. You know, I've been around the industry since then, really love the tech. And uh, as you know, with 365 and all the rest, the industry is moving ahead so fast that, you know, it's difficult to keep up. So here I am as a quote unquote industry insider. So so you wrote code? I, I did. I did. In fact, I, I wrote some good code. Um, my very first Microsoft exam was actually SQL, believe it or not. So <laughs> I can I can like to do triggers and all of those cool things. Good God, man. I can't fool you anymore now that I know this. <laughs> exactly. The, the sales executive title is just amused. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So forward um, so many years and your role has changed currently though. Yes. Yeah. So the sales exec role is kind of more overarching, looking at kind of building holistic solutions for, for people. And I think that's why this conversation is quite interesting because I think before with my role as ECM director, it was kind of all SharePoint or nothing. We now try to build solutions with SharePoint as a piece of it. And Austin, yeah. the, the Texas thing, you guys open up a, a branch there? Yes, yeah. So that's gone quite well. Um, bit of a different scale. You know, they, they've got small projects where they migrate 10,000 sites. You know, yeah, we have yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we have clients that, that, that have got five sites and they get excited. So, yeah, yeah. It's just, but, but, but the same problems we have um, over here, um, just a little bit of a different scale. So it's, it, but very interesting indeed. Apparently, there's quite a big tax break going on in, in, in Texas right now for, for new companies coming in and stuff like that. Was that one of the influencing factors for you guys to open up there? Yes, now you're getting very technical. Um, you know, at, I must be brutally honest with you. It was a bit of a, a timing thing. So we met up with two guys that were busy starting up um, their own IT shop, per se. And because we knew them from back in the day, and they had taken a few businesses overseas. They'd been overseas for about 10 to 12 years already. We decided, look, instead of you building your own thing, why don't we wrap this whole thing into, into a Mint company? Um, and Mint US is born. And, you know, there's, there's uh, shareholding in there, and all of our shared services kind of span across. Um, and there's a very nice kind of execution model coming out of South Africa. 
And uh, yeah, it works quite well. And uh, at the end of the day, those guys actually come from Pretoria originally. Um, and because they live in America, they've been there for 12 years, as I said, there's no issue around visas right. and all of those bits and pieces. Yeah. So it's been, it's been yeah, fun. It's, and uh, we look forward to expanding that, you know. So the fact that so, so Mint's got actual registration in the US. So you could do an intercompany transfer. People can go work there, similar to what GT Consult does. All of that, yeah. So, I mean, to give you an idea, we're actually now managed in both Dynamics CRM as well as Office 365 in America. Um, oh, wow. And we've got a... Yeah, we've got a limited liability company registered there. Um, and so then we managed there. We managed in, in Nigeria, actually, as well, as well as <laughs> as well as South Africa. So, yeah, it's, it's been an interesting 18 months and the expansion has gone well. And, uh, you know, onward and upward, you know. So you, you missed out on the Ignite conference, but you were at WPC. So I know yes. this is not your first yes. rodeo going to WPC. Uh, can you give yeah. the listeners just an overview of your experience there? Look, I mean, we, we went to WPC with a very specific goal, and that was to kind of not go for sessions per se, but more go for a marketing and kind of partnering conversation. So for us, it was especially because of the, the US expansion and the African expansion being very topical at the time. So we did quite a lot of research and work up front to target specific people that we wanted to see. Um, and then we got in front of very key partners. And that's that's why we've been able to be uh, to become managed so quickly in the US and Africa, because we actually targeted the Microsoft execs. We got into a couple of very good roundtables and we got very close to a lot of very critical Microsoft people. Over and above that, if you look at the, the let's, if we bring this back to kind of SharePoint a bit, if you look at the likes of BZ, Velo, um, uh, what's, the, what's the other big one, Bright, uh, Brightstar, Unily, those kind of guys, yes, they were all there. Stuff. Yeah, so they were all there. So it was also nice to kind of talk to them face to face, Avpoint, um, Avpoint and Nintex is of, of course had a huge presence. The usual, so that was, the usual yeah, so yeah, so that was very nice. And then also what we did, because we did a lot of pre-work, we actually came out of it with um, quite a lot of leads in the sense of partnerships. So, so not kind of come back and let's do a new deal, but come back and as a partner, can you, can you bring my product into the country and how can we work with you? I mean, to give you an idea, the US thing I think has, has gone so quick, primarily as a result of the WPC. Plus, because we had 10 people there, South Africa, the South African sub absolutely has taken us a lot more seriously because they realize that Mint is a player. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just going back to, to your ramblings about Office 365 and SharePoint and those things, you posted yes. quite an interesting article, uh, I think it was last week, on uh, where you see things going and what's happening at Ignite and all of those yes. things. Uh, talk, talk us through that. Well, I, th I think it, this is not a new thing. I think adoption remains the core problem. I mean, I, I meet I meet about three or four new clients every week, and the fundamental challenge I've, I, I've got a deck where I, I present and I say that SharePoint is not the solution, and we've got to find the core thing that we're trying to fix, and or fix or kind of innovate on. And once we understand what that is, then we kind of build a solution. And I think back to my new role. What makes it more interesting for clients now is that I don't lead purely with a SharePoint conversation. I come with kind of what is the, obviously I'm a bit Microsoft um, biased, of course. So I come with what is the Microsoft stack piece that can help you solve your problem. If you look at that Avpoint Citizen Services um, solution, it yes. is an, it's an Azure-based thing. It uses 365 in the background as well as of, uh, Dynamics 365, or, sorry, or uh, dynamic CRM. So it kind of encompasses the whole stack. And that's really where Microsoft want to go if you think about their consumption thing. But just back to the core problem, the core challenges in our industry is still adoption. I mean, I've got clients that say that they don't want to use 
SharePoint for the intranet. And when I push them on what the challenges are, they can't really give me any technical challenges. It's like, oh, but the users don't go to the landing page or they don't load their documents and don't, don't do that. And then I get into a conversation and explain to them that you're welcome to go and deploy Alfresco or OnBase or Basecamp or all these other new, th- these cool things. The problem is not going to change. You need to get your employees engaged. Um, and that's that's fundamentally where it where it will go. And I think where Velo and Beezy, Beezy obviously to a larger degree, but Velo 365 Intranet, um, what's that other one? Bonsai. Bonsai. Your Unili and Beezy are, are big. They're like kind of Jive competitors. I'm talking more kind of semi-mid-tier entry level. 365 Intranet is a $1,000 deployment on top of 365 then you've got then you then you have Velo and a, and a ton of other guys now i think i think that the internet as a service hasn't really taken off if i talk about the south african context it hasn't taken off and i think as it gets more and more traction you'll find that suppliers will go cool you're getting 365 and of course you get with that you get delve which is immediately you can use it immediately planner you can use immediately yammer you can kind of use immediately Um, of course there's exchange and OneDrive that you can use immediately but then there's kind of the sharepoint piece that everybody goes uh but it's there but what can i do with it so i think if you if service providers wrap a internet as a service into the core deployment of 365 you will start moving away from this kind of adoption problem um, that 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 sits out there, but but the fundamentals of change management are never going to go away. So that that is really a key thing. It sounds like what you're really wanting to do is do quite an extensive scoping upfront. Just identify what the the business issue is, and then build the bring in the technology specifically to address that. How do you find that sales cycle working? In my experience, it's quite hard to get that conversation actually going right up front mm. okay so what what we've done and i completely agree with you right i mean we've we've definitely had that in the past where we've where we've been successful in selling the six month uh, analysis phases but those those kind of have gone away to a degree so what we're doing now is we've we've got something called a proactive and it's a one two and a four week upfront engagement and really what we, we tell the client is look we're going to do this in a in a kind of an agile fashion. So we're just going to build your backlog. Um, your backlog can be a hundred stories, but then in terms of your priorities, we can execute on ten of them. So it kind of what you're going into is instead of let's do this analysis paralysis of absolutely everything, we go to a client and we can be quite agile and flexible in terms of what to do. I mean, Alistair mentioned our, our project in Austin, which was really a great example for this methodology. So we went in thinking, okay, it's going to be migration plus the internet. And two days into the workshops, we realize it's migration plus they've got this other core problem, which is document intake. So we then focused our proactive time, which is effectively that analysis and and, uh, kind of business consulting on fixing that piece. The other things will flow in the future. So we, we kind of give the clients that flexibility. It's kind of agile delivery, but even during the analysis phase. Yeah, what we've seen over the last couple of, I think, when I was out in Europe, the what I term the commoditization of SharePoint. So things like yes. Valo Intranet, you actually get prepackaged solutions, uh, employee take on and all of those things. So a lot of times the clients actually don't know what they want. They hear the word intranet no. and they go, shit, man, this sounds cool. We can do this. And then, like you said, it mm. becomes a ghost in the shell. And if you don't oh, yeah. put the cafeteria menu on there or a classifieds, nobody actually goes to the intranet except the compliance and HR people. 
and when yes. someone wants to download yeah. a leave policy or something like that. Yeah, look, and I think um, Hilton Giesenau also went through a phase where he was kind of consulting around using Yammer as companies' intranets. Because fundamentally, you can share documents, you can have conversations, you can do stuff. You know, so we all know that Yammer and, and, and groups are kind of fighting for the same um, lunch money at the moment. So we, they were kind of see where that goes. But at the end of the day, I still what I find fascinating is companies complain about, oh, SharePoint and intranet and whatever. And then I, I've been in conversations where I said, okay, cool. If it's not be useful, then let's turn it off and let me come back in three months' time and let's start a new cons- uh, consolidation on something else. And you know that they cannot turn it off. So it, it is kind of, I think the the core problem remains ownership with that adoption, but also the willingness from a company to invest in a proper change management element. I mean, um, Intimate have released a very nice program called the Sticky um, Adoption Program. And, and, you'll, and you'll start hearing more about that in the industry going forward. And um, what, what I like about it is the fact that they've got kind of these prepackaged change management things, very similar to kind of what Let's Collaborate did back in the day. I, I'm not quite sure about what Let's Collaborate are doing at the moment in terms of their, their change management per se. I know that they're quite good still in training. But, uh, you know, Intervate have been obviously quite good in, in, in deploying intranets um, holistically. So, you know, if you look at the, the change management approach that they're following, and I think a lot of providers are going to follow suit with their own kind of things. I mean, um, LGT Consult have got a similar thing with, with Tracy and all the, the yes, academies. It's called, it's called iAdopt. Yes. So if you think about that, I think that all the, the vendors that are serious about not only the deployment of solid solutions, um, but the actual usage of it, they will have to have an academy or some kind of an adoption program because without it, they know that it's one solution and out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's there's lots of methodologies out there. We subscribe to yeah. uh, Prosky. We've actually got a, a what we call Prosky not Lite, which is a, <laughs> not prostitute. Okay, that's good. That's very good. So, so we do <laughs> prostitute ourselves when we solve SharePoint. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Definitely, that's a given. Yeah, that's but, an absolute uh, given. But Prosky's quite nice as well. Uh, it's, we've got a watered down okay. version because Prosky's like Cobit. It's so uh, it's so. Uh, overloaded and complex that you spend four months trying to convince the client how to use it. <laughs> but yes, <laughs> I agree with you. Quick wins and, and, yeah. and take your time and let them grow. Current state analysis, all those fancy yes, words yes, that yes. you've been throwing around, uh, as is to be identify the gap, getting guys to buy into that culture change, all of those things, and, yeah. and trying to get people to actually utilize the tool outside of, mm. it, outside of it just being a document repository. Yeah. I've, I've got a question for you, just flipping the script a little bit. So why do you, why do you think that company? Well, this is my view: is that there have been less success around products on top of SharePoint. I mean, if you look at Bamboo, VineWave, and then obviously there's a low, ton of other big players. Do you think those things have been successful? No. Or what, what is your view on it? Bind no, tuning. So, look, there's a bind tuning's got decent front end stuff, which is nice. Yeah, but. What we've seen is, and I blame Microsoft for this. So back in February 2006, Microsoft released a white paper called SharePoint and ECM Approach. And they've got a separate view to the way OpenText looks at what ECM and what EIM is. So OpenText has been preaching EIM for years now. It was only last year when they bought Actuate, and now they actually do proper EIM because they've got the analytics and the data science stuff. So what we've seen is you buy a product, 
and Microsoft goes and says, oh, it's part of core infrastructure. So everyone goes in and they click <laughs> next, 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 tag the configuration wizard, I can have SharePoint. And they mm. never get to the point where they actually mature with the product and then it becomes dead point. No one wants to use it. Mm. Having said that, Microsoft's also finally getting to a point where you don't have to use SharePoint Designer to build anything. You don't have to use Visual Studio yeah. to build anything. It's come yes. a long way where people can actually say you don't need a C-sharp developer who's going to go and yeah. load Visual Studio and worrying about checking in code with mm. versioning and then I'm building a solution and then it works on my PC. But when I deploy it to production or the, the customer's dev environment, it doesn't work and then it becomes infinitely complex. Now with the, yeah. the Office UI fabric, you've got yes. Angular, you've got REST, mm. you've, got, you've got React coming through with the SharePoint framework and also people are starting to grow into SharePoint. So we do a lot yeah. around ECM um, maturity assessments. Satellite from Buren had a decent spider Excel spider graph thing years back. And we're only starting to see now people are going, well, our internet is not just for web content management. We can actually add document management because we no longer need a, a separate document management system. Oh, there's compliance now. Okay, now we're starting to have mm -hmm. conversations around it's not a techie product. It's not being delivered by IT. So yeah. when you speak to the sea level, and depending on what vertical you're actually discussing uh, or talking to, you find out that now we have industry-specific uh, solution offerings around the commoditization. So yeah, we yeah, go and sell a contract management solution. So we're no longer speaking to IT. IT just becomes, okay, you have SharePoint, you guys from HR, you guys deal with it. So here's contract mm -hmm. management. And there's an immediate tangibility associated with that. Whereas in the past, it was IT going, okay, let me download a trial version from Armrain Engineering because he's ported the famous <laughs> 40 templates and look, it's working. And then they click on a button and it doesn't. And there's no buy-in because IT doesn't understand solutions. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, look, I mean, uh, what I was referring to was kind of the, if you look at mobile phones and how apps have kind of proliferated. So, you know, Microsoft have got that framework if you look at the App Store and that kind of thing. But I just find that when we deploy solutions for clients, I often refer them to the App Store and say, cool, go and find things. But, you know, it just hasn't quite got there in my view that you can really integrate a proper voting poll app into it. You know, it's always an issue with UI or, oh, but the data is stored in Azure. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's just I think we need to do a separate podcast on products. Yeah, I think yes, also, definitely. I think also one of the issues – with all of this is SharePoint has a lot of just out of the box functionality and it's quite difficult for businesses to yeah. onboard that all at once. So you almost have to go yeah. through a maturity model just with what's available out of the box and then start identifying what products can help out in specific yes. issues that those don't fit. Yeah, look, what I'm excited about the SharePoint framework, and, and incidentally, we had a guy in Redmond um, in, in something called the Dev Kitchen where they actually worked with the product team on the on the framework, which was which was really, really cool. Um, what I'm excited about the framework is, and, and you guys will, will detest to this as well, is fun, a survey is a voting poll, okay? You can, you can do so much with a survey, but the interface is not cool. There's always extra buttons that users shouldn't see and don't, don't want to see. So what I'm excited about is how the framework is going to give you that type uh, typist, um, uh, you know, capability to build this very light UI very quickly. And, but the fundamental data structures of SharePoint, which I think have always been quite good, can now be 
uh, kind of alleviate it better for the for the end user. Look, the technology has been around. Uh, SharePoint 2010 supported REST. You had okay. you've got yes. code snippet web parts and all of those things and content query sure. and so forth so on. So what we haven't seen is we're starting to see it now. Lots coming out of Europe. Uh, if you look at the development houses in Europe, that's actually spinning out some cool products. But you look at someone okay. like Craig Tarr, who did a session two years ago at SharePoint Saturday Durban mm-hmm. around REST jQuery and what they're doing with it. True, you look at true, guys true. like Decision Inc., they build entire intranets on that. That's all they do. Uh, we've yes, got a company true. that we partner with called Vega that's getting into, okay, well, we don't know SharePoint at all, but hell, man, we know REST, we know jQuery, we know Angular, mm-hmm. we know React. So gotcha. I can go download gotcha. Knockout.js and I can do a data table and boom, SharePoint is no longer governed by a page layout with um, specific zones and then we have to yes. worry about yes, responses. Yes, yes. I've got another question for you guys. And uh, this, will, this will be my last question before I've got to get back to the rugby. Is who's interviewing who here? Where do, where do you think? Where do you think? <laughs> this is a communal interview. Where do you think Microsoft is going with their web technology? And is there a future for WCM at all? Oh, that's a difficult Chef. one. It's a difficult one. So the SharePoint <laughs> framework is not new. It's just a different flavor on a framework that didn't work before. And then they added um, Angular 2 because Angular 1.4 was just shut. So them going to the cloud means that they have to start taking a lot more things seriously. What we've also seen is that guys like Jeff Tepper mm. are starting to get his engineering team that sits inside the product group to actually, A, talk to each other so that when you create a document library or you add a different app, it actually looks the same. So the user experience... I'd dig the new document libraries that the way that you can edit the properties on the side, that is so ridiculously awesome. But people are going to still view it the way they viewed going from Office 2003 to Office 2007. Oh, my God. The <laughs> drop menu is gone. What must I do with the ribbon? And now Microsoft's taking the ribbon away. <laughs> so I, I, in closing, there's no easy answer. Okay. I think that the community is getting behind the SharePoint framework. So you look at yes. the guys from Rencore. You look yes, at the yes, guys yes. from Accelerato. You look at the guys from um, Tutu Lead. You look at the guys that are, are at uh, Oceanic and what they're doing with technology. And they're actually flying to Seattle and having conversations mm. with Paul Bear. If you look at yeah. – uh, and, 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 and they're actually – they're having the right conversations with the right people. So it's not so much Microsoft deciding where they want to steer the ship. Microsoft's actually taking a step back and engaging with the old MCMs, the MVPs, the dev mm-hmm. community and saying, how can we make the product better for you? And there used to be the, what was the partner advisory council that used to yes. go over to Seattle once a year. They're having more of those conversations. They're taking more from the people mm. that they regard as industry experts and saying, help us along. You look at the the, the kitchen and, and the workbench stuff that came out of Europe, yeah. not out of Seattle. That's actually a Europe investment. And those things are actually making people more excited about it, the advent of technology. I mean, Selena Gomez has got 100 million um, followers on Instagram, which is unheard of. So people mad, are consuming mad, information mad. faster. Um, people getting into the technology side 
it's much easier. So you can go and you get a three-year uh, dev student and tell him to go to dev.office.com slash fabric and be able to pick up that. The yeah. biggest problem yeah. is understanding knowledge management and knowledge management fundamentals, which people mm-hmm. don't do. And that's where you yeah. get your white elephants. So it doesn't matter True. how True. awesome it looks on the front end and how much you skin it and it pops and it makes you coffee and the phone <laughs> vibrates every time um, you get a new message. That's all good and well. But if there's no value around what you're using, and it's exactly what you were saying earlier, mm. there's got to be value, tangible value, intrinsic value. Value where the CIO looks at the organization and said, well, we were paying the debtors clock 10,000 rand a month to perform 20 tasks. They can now perform 40 tasks. And there's the productivity enrichment. There's the value. There's the TCO and the ROI. Forget gotcha. the product. Gotcha. Product in English. Yeah, so look, I'm glad that we answered the question on websites um, on that one. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but y'all, before I go, guys, any any last any last questions? Rod, anything from your side, mate? Um, not specifically. Maybe Frank, you can just let the listeners know where they can find you online, website, Twitter, such. Awesome. Well, it's 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 quite easy so it's fhpinar at uh, which is my twitter handle and then wordpress fhpinar.wordpress.com um there's a there's a, a quite a basic youtube channel i guess but basically if you look up mint uh, mint consulting I, I should be uh, quite in there and there, there's quite a nice youtube video actually i want you to go and look at it's called um social internet and you can find it on mint's youtube channel um so yeah go, go, go and check it out and, and frank as an like. industry insider you can't punt mint on these conversations so please um <laughs> we'll have to strike that from from the recording from from the role okay but what i'd like you to do then is i'd like you to go and see the social intranet youtube video that francois did and it's on youtube <laughs> go and check it out great thanks a lot <laughs> And that is awesome, the real Francois Pina coming to you live from Boxburg, SA. <laughs> Boxburg. You're in Boxburg, brother. And, and, and that's the news from our Industry Insider. Thanks a lot, Frank, for your contribution. Like, look, forward, look forward to the back. next one, boys. Yeah, Fantastic. absolutely. Take, take it easy. Bye-bye. So, Rod, do you want to cover your PowerShell script? Yes. My PowerShell command of the week this week is get SP site subscription. So what this does is it returns the site subscription for a given URL or for uh, all unique subscriptions in the farm. So if you're running a multi-tenant environment, you can have different sites subscribing to different services within your farm. And the way you control that is through a site subscription. So just on that, certain service applications are partitionable meaning they contain tenant data and some aren't. So if you look at app catalog, it is multi-tenant aware, but it's not suggested that you use the same app catalog for the same tenant, for different tenants. Also, uh, there's a couple of tips and tricks around that. And you actually spin up the uh, proxies and the service associations. It's not done manually. It's actually all done through PowerShell. Yes. And this is this is part of that overall idea so this will give yeah, you that's, a, i've used it before <laughs> yeah so this this will with the identity tag which must be a valid url will return the subscription um, for that url if, if you want a specific one there's also an assignment collection parameter 
when we're doing scripting. And then if you use the default parameter instead of the identity parameter, it will return you all the sites that subscribe to that default subscription so you can check those and, and break them out as, as necessary. So yeah, quite a useful one this week if you're into multi-tenancy, I guess. So, so just a shameless plug from my side, Jeff Depper actually follows me on Twitter and he just liked one of my tweets. Name so drop. I'm super excited. <laughs> just name dropped. I just name dropped, man. I just name dropped. Okay, great. Yes, I'm actually going to use, I've got to spin up a couple of tenants over the weekend and I'll be using your your PowerShell commandlet as part of the prep work for it. Good stuff. Let us, you'll let us know how it goes next week. Definitely. Oh, I hate multi-tenancy. It's such a pain. If you really wanted to, all you have to do is spin up a web app and create another service app because you can't tenant the app catalog the way you want to and you can't tenant uh, project server, the project web access. So you create another instance of that service app and you run that service app that way. You might as well just build 10 web apps. Theoretically, yes. There when is you limit it to 20 for the farm. There is a bunch of stuff that you can share across, but yeah, a lot of them you have to create per. It's a great idea, but it's just easier. Look, you, when you create the, the root site collection, which you can't use a host header for, that's why they have um, host header site collections um, inside the main web app. So when you create the, the web app for the hosting of your tenants, it cannot be a host header, it won't work. Don't ask me why. And that way you can have a hundred tenants in one web app and they're all oblivious of each other. So I understand the architecture there. Office 365 is built on that. It's all tenants actually and they all um, consume different things except for obviously for the app catalogs and the other things. But it's still a pain. And that's it from my side, uh, Rob. Yep. Roger. That, yeah, get the name right. I think that's it for us for this week. You guys remember, you can find us online at two, the number two, guysandsharepoint.co.za. You can find us on Twitter at two, again, the number two, two guys SharePoint. I'm at Odd Modlin and L is at Alistair Pugin. Yeah. You can also get us on, on Facebook. Just, just go to Google and search for two guys and SharePoint and you will definitely find us. Thank you all for joining us this week and we'll see you next time. Ciao. Ciao, ciao. announcement thing on my phone would have gone off as well i slept right through it normally i'm i'm, I'm pissed somewhere dude <laughs> i never miss shit because i fell asleep <laughs> <laughs>